0: Good evening and welcome to the african defense review we are doing a special podcast this week on the ongoing problems with pmc's or private military contractors in nigeria um, that have caused quite a bit of a fuss um, if you would like to see some more information on this or, 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 or do some further reading on this you can obviously take a look on africandefence.net um, otherwise we have actually broadcast ourselves quite uh, prolifically through Reuters Radio France and uh, our most recent publication or sort of quotation on analysis on this at qz.com. Anyway, moving right on, we're joined tonight with Conway or by Con- Conway Waddington, our West Africa correspondent, and Darren Olufier, our senior correspondent um, here in South Africa. Um, Guys, we're talking today I think about three big things uh, about the, the the PMC debacle that has been playing out for the past two weeks. We could talk about this at length, but I think we're just going we, we're going to focus on three larger aspects out about this that, that I think are, are, are quite important. And I think um, going with that, let's just take a little sit-rep at the moment and, and see where, what do we know right now in terms of uh, the, the PMC's presence in Nigeria and, uh, um, you know, as of today, what are, what are some of the, the, the most interesting or most important things that we've, we've seen uh, today? Um, Darren?
1: So the first thing we've seen is actually quite cool. It's a video out of Nigeria showing the, what they term the 72nd Strike Force driving around in Riva Mark 3s or Riva 3s. Uh, previously, this is unknown. We, we'd only heard of Nigeria acquiring Reaver ambulances with some rumors of Reaver 5s. Uh, while this is important is because the vehicles are clearly the same vehicles that were photographed with um, what were believed to be PMCs uh, driving through Madaguri uh, a few days ago. So it seems that we have at least um, confirmed that that photo was genuine and that the vehicles themselves do belong to the Nigerian army. What that means in terms of who's riding them, we don't know yet, but it's, um, it's clearly the same vehicles and the same unit. So I think based on
0: that, we, we also know some more information about these armored vehicles. Obviously, you said the, the River Mark 3s and I think what's important or, or what's interesting about this is, is just where they might have gotten these these obviously the South African manufactured armored vehicles, but we have only ever as South Africa exported Reva Mark fives to Nigeria, to, the ambulance variants, at least from 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 what can be gained on public record. Um, where, where do you suppose the
1: Mark threes came from, Darren? That's a good question. But uh, seeing as though Nigeria was able to acquire, what appeared to be. Brand new Reva ambulances and Mark 5s. From what we've sort of heard, seen, it's not impossible to believe that these also came from ICP, the company in South Africa that makes them. I'm not aware of any other operators who have sold on a large number. I mean, we're talking about at least probably 15 vehicles here. So it's quite, I'd say, probable that they came from um, the builder here uh, here in SA. Um, which even raises the possibility, if they are brand new, that the people seen inside the vehicles might even have been uh, trainers from ICP. Uh, ICP obviously is Integrated Convoy Protection, the company that makes the river. Obviously, that, that's all just the speculation. Of course, yeah, um, and I think, uh I guess we
0: we'll see when the 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 NCAC, uh, register for 2015 comes out because obviously we you know we we won't see any recent you know very very recent transactions that have occurred. Um, I, I guess I probably should have said that to begin with. But uh, an interesting thing then is if that's the case and they came from South Africa, that also lends credence to the the official line that these guys are here to train Nigerian forces in the new equipment and weapons and things like that, that they've been supplied with because there simply wasn't enough time for them to do it behind, uh, behind the front lines that these things have literally been unboxed and uncrated and and sent to the front line. So I think uh, talking about the training aspect, do we, I I think at African defense review, what, what do we make of it? Are they really there as trainers or not? Uh, Conway, what do you think?
2: Well, I think that the fact of the matter is um, all we can do at the moment is speculate. There's, There hasn't been any solid evidence that any of those mercenaries or or PMCs uh, were engaged in specifically in frontline fighting or in training or in technical services or or any other sort of service. Um, So, yeah, we're stuck with with speculating at the moment. But it is worth noting that uh, Leon Lotz, the South African citizen who died, um, he was about 59 years old at the time. And that sort of suggests he probably wasn't involved in frontline fighting. Um, those pictures that surfaced out of Maduguri showed a bunch of guys, clearly not Nigerian, uh, with weapons, with body armor, um, in sort of camouflaged outfits. Um, so, yes, you could say, well, then they look like they're involved in, in the fighting. But they could also just have have easily have been technicians wanting to to provide their own personal security. Um, they could have been training. They could have been advising. Um, so, a lot of speculation. Um, it is worth thinking about what the, the the South African or ex-SADF mercenary could potentially provide to Nigeria, though, in terms of advising services, in terms of training. Um, you know, maybe that maybe that's one area that we can sort of speculate a little bit more on. But throughout all of this i'm sort of i'm hinting at as much caution as possible because there is an awful lot of speculation of wild rampant speculation going on about who's there and what they're doing um if i see one more headline about executive outcomes running their own war in nigeria i'm probably going to lose my mind
0: i I, t- I tend to agree with that i think um in terms of actual tr- Trigger pullers um, in Nigeria. There's plenty of those in the Nigerian army, the Chadian army, and the Nigerians running around there. You know, there's there's no shortage of people wanting to shoot at Boko Haram. Um, that doesn't require a particularly nuanced set of skills.
1: But um, Darren, your thoughts on this? No, um, I I agree with way. I mean, um, a commented the other day. They said, you know, uh, when it's Europeans or Americans making use of these guys, they're PMCs, but in Africa, they're always mercenaries, and. Uh, it's, I think it's valid because at, the, at this point we don't actually have clear evidence that they are engaging in direct frontline fighting uh, again we don't know what they're doing you know we, we to say that they, they are training or they are fighting would be completely incorrect but looking at the, the guys ages looking at the the typical um, uh, you know age of the kind of guys who are involved in it doesn't seem likely that, that they are as you said the, 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 the trigger pullers on the front line Um, You know, I I think it would be very nice if we get some more detail coming out so we could have a a clear view on this. Because not not only does this have an issue around Nigeria, but uh, if these guys are are providing training and and services such as that, they aren't technically mercenaries under SA law. Uh, It's only once they migrate to providing direct fire support and and frontline fighting that that they become sort of um, defined mercenaries. So, this, is, this distinction is very important to make.
0: Uh, I agree 100% in that. And I've, I mentioned, in, certainly in the, the courts, the QZ.com article uh, this morning, that these guys, if they are doing training, if they're doing capability and, and sort of familiarization with equipment and things like that. I mean, that's something that certain um, departments of of various state parastatals in South Africa do uh, as well. You know, Meckham, for example, uh, you know, a division of Danel, they do demining services all around the the African continent and beyond, Um, which I think if this was done by anyone otherwise, there would be the same kind of noises made. And I I cannot emphasize noise enough. I I do think there's very little very little substance behind behind the allegations if and again because of a sheer lack of solid information here the big if is if they are training and doing as you say um yeah i mean i agree with you i, I don't think they're they're breaking any laws um, you know obviously if they are Planning operations um, and going out on ops, you know, particularly uh, in direct confrontation of Boko Haram or something like that, independent of a, a uh, well, not even if it was dependent or adherence to a Nigerian chain of command. That's that's a whole other kettle of fish. That's a whole other ball game, um, and and one that I think definitely raises legal concerns. But yeah, I mean, at the moment, I think even even though we see these guys running around in armored vehicles with elite Nigerian soldiers, they're not necessarily going out in operations on their own, running willy-nilly around Nigeria, hunting Boko Haram, Um, and to be honest, if I was a 60-year-old contractor, I don't think I would want to do that either. Um, you know, as Conway, as you said, they they're, they're quite these guys are getting a bit long in the tooth. Um, I, I think they they're far more um, sort of better used or better utilized as traders. Um, so I think um, just moving on with that, um, talking a little bit about the implications, because obviously there's been a lot of, as I said, noise about the PMCs in South Africa, uh, in 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 Nigeria, um, and I think. The first implication is, is is the the rap that South Africa is getting is as being the, the dominant force here, and I think um, I don't know, Darren, what do you think about
1: that? See, you now I think this is one of the dangerous side effects of the mercenary assumption. It's that uh, you know it's it's almost a rah-rah South Africa approach, which is believing that the mercenaries or PMCs are the ones you know you know, creating the most effect that, that they are entirely responsible for the turnaround fortunes of the Nigerian military against Boko Haram. The danger of this is not that it makes Africa a potential target of Boko Haram, uh, you know, a, a focus of, of their ire and a focus of their uh, sort of political actions and, and um, perhaps even, you know, terrorist actions as, as a way to try and influence Africa from preventing these guys from, from, from staying there or, or going again. Um, so I think we need to be careful as, as, as journalists to avoid trying to overplay what these guys are doing. You know, it's quite possible probable that, that they are having quite a an outsized effect. But uh, let's not forget that there are a bunch of other advisors there. There are reports of many other PMCs from the countries there as well. You know, not only guys from, from, from South Africa. And there are uh, advisors from, from um, I thought, sorry, I, I, and of course, you know, there are um, Chadian and Nigerian armies involved. So, from South Africa's own perspective, uh, as a country which wishes, wishes to you know, remain secure and, uh, and avoid the attention of terrorist groups, it's actually in our interest to downplay the role that these guys are having. In fact, I think that might be one of the reasons why the South African government has been so ready to condemn their actions and so quick to deny any reports that the SANDF might be involved there. In.
0: Um, I, I agree with that 100%. I think, uh, you know, there's there's been at least speculation that Georgians were running around as well as a couple of Ukrainians, as if the Ukrainians have got enough problems in their own country. But um, yeah, so I, I think definitely this is not a, it's not just a South African show. And, and, and as you say, the significance is questionable, I think. Uh, in terms of of boko Haram uh Conway i think you you might be well placed to 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 talk about this a bit how How is Boko Haram doing at the moment in west africa um, you know are they are they crumbling in the face of p m c s or is, is it just is is it business as usual
2: well I think business as usual is a pretty good way of describing the the general situation whenever anyone tries to to analyze how boko Haram is doing um for years, there have been conflicting reports about they are on the back foot. Uh Usually that would come from the Nigerian military. They would say that they have just conducted a, a combined ground air operation that had killed several hundred Boko Haram fighters and driven them out of usually some beast of forest. Um, and then usually within about 72 hours, there would be another Boko Haram attack on some town or city somewhere. Uh That's that's sort of true of all insurgencies and counterinsurgencies it's very rare that you get uh, a clear idea a clear picture of of how the fight is going um, at the moment it looks like Boko Haram is taking a bit of strain in terms of now fighting on at least two fronts you know whereas previously it only had to worry about the Nigerian military and Nigerian security forces it now seems to be engaged in quite a quite a hot fight with uh Niger with Chad with Cameroon um never mind the impact that uh, nef- yeah uh never mind the the impact that um that these pmcs may or may not be having on things um what we do know for sure is that boko haram is still conducting attacks it's its response to the involvement by those neighboring countries was to immediately launch attacks on those neighboring countries. And that, that speaks volumes about um, if not their capabilities, then certainly their attitude, that they're willing to actually attack, for instance, uh, the town of Difa in Niger, which is where the Nigerian uh, troops were, were massing. Um, that's exactly where Boko Haram went, and and that's, that's a pretty aggressive move, um, which should give some indication – of of you know what Boko Haram thinks it's capable of doing at least, and at the same time they're still launching numerous terror attacks. Uh, so aside from the, the the sort of military styled attacks uh, on actual uh, security forces and then the raids on villages and towns, they're still conducting this this very um, high tempo campaign of terror bombings uh, that they, they they seem to have a large number of of um suicide bombers available to them um and of course that requires you know people and building up the 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 necessary resources to put together suicide vests and all the other resources necessary to conduct that sort of operation they they're still doing that so in that sense they don't seem to be um, losing the abilities that they had they they haven't been degraded in any notable way at the moment which of course is what uh, Nigeria's neighbors desperately want and what Nigeria desperately needs um, remember those elections are those postponed elections are just around the corner now and the whole point of postponing the elections was to provide breathing room for the Nigerian military to degrade Boko Haram sufficiently that uh, that those elections could be held, you know, relatively safely. I don't think that's happened yet. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be the, the sort of the, the incredibly vague analysis at this point. But that's unfortunately all we can really go off of, you know, at this time. Absolutely.
0: And then, uh, Darren, I think, uh, do, do you think South Africa and, in you know, as a country, not as a PFC <laughs> uh, uh, exporting uh, country uh do you think we're going to get any blowback from this? What are your
1: thoughts on that? Well, I think at this point, probably unlikely. Uh is just a bit pretty a player in this. Um, you know, aside from, from, from needing to be sort of cautious. Uh, but, you know, the fact that we don't have troops deployed, we, we aren't that involved uh, directly. I think, uh, yeah, it's pretty unlikely.
0: Well, guys, um, thank you very much. I think that's that, that, that's about it for the moment. I mean, again, we could talk about this at length, but I think uh, we've just going to focus on the, I think, the important bits um, at the moment. Mercenaries or PMCs always make for very juicy gossip. But the problem is you create a lot of noise um, in the media with very little signal. So if you've been listening this far, hopefully you've got a little bit of signal um, and a little bit less noise. Um, if you didn't listen to the introduction, this was the African Defense Review podcast with John Stupart, the editor, Conway Waddington and Darren Olife. Um, you can follow us at African Defense um, and uh, or the, the website I should say, um Africandefence.net with a C or an S. It's up to you and your country spelling, i.e. America. Um, good night and uh, keep up. <laughs>